0: Casting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jets with Brent Martineau.
1: What is happening? Welcome back. We've got ourselves a game week here in Jacksonville. There will be a football game on Friday. Hope you have a good weekend. Hope you enjoyed the Baselli Bash. And uh, now it's time to bash the jacks. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Got a couple Not of weeks yet. to go coming off thursday uh so anyway uh, brent martino Aaron schachter casey kurtz i'm starting the week with a, a big box of extra toasty cheeses that's a little comfort food for you Brent. that's a good way to go you're right man yeah i mean not really i just had to run and get something to eat but i shouldn't be eating that i can't eat all of it i gotta make that last two weeks you need help we can help it's you time eat time all to do of it. well it's time to do all well. are you trying to lose weight yeah, every week. <laughs> it's amazing. Like, I get going, and then you go on the road. Road's like impossible. So, uh, I didn't even really eat a lot, but you end up drinking some beer. Yeah. And you just don't eat well, is really how that works. Right? Yeah. You really can't eat well. Like I you start not to- exercise. Like, yeah. you don't. Like, you can't exercise. Your I whole mean, thing you, is You start off. well, uh, but you can't. There so. are some psychos who will go on, like, a business trip and make sure to run their seven mile jogs. Your boss downstairs, uh, Bob, who runs the whole TV thing? Yeah. I've gone to a couple of conferences within this company with this guy, and I wake up early because I do morning radio, so it's just like a habit, right? Yeah, like, yeah. my body wakes me up at 5 o'clock going, what's happening? But uh, you look outside, you see Bob doing his uh, upside-down pose for his yoga <laughs> at, like, 4.30 <laughs> in the morning down in, like, uh, the, the courtyard It something. I was like, Bob, Yeah, you're on a little work vacation. You need so, to be sleeping. Some of those guys are good at it. Like, I was thinking of, just think, like... Name your favorite traveling reporter for ESPN, NFL mm-hmm. Network, like mm-hmm. a Jeff Darlington or something like that. Yeah. Like, you've got to get in the habit of doing it. You've got to be religious about it. You've yeah. got to, like, it's because gotta be a you live on the road a lot. Like, yeah. we, we go in spurts. So for the next two weeks, I'll probably be pretty good. And then we go to Atlanta <laughs> yes, for like four all, days. all gone to trash. You know, but yeah. then after that, I mean, you only, if you go on Saturday and Sunday, it's fine, but it is tough. I don't know how the road, the road animals. Stay in shape. I think a lot of times it puts you in this world of um, moral victories, right? It's like, well, I didn't exactly go to the gym today, but I also didn't shove my face full of nasty food. <laughs> yeah, you know, so that's it's kind of like a half win. Uh, that is absolutely yeah. true, Casey Kurtz. I wonder what the Casey meter is today to start the week. Feeling pretty good about it? I think it's. I think it's. Good. I, I think he's doing good. <laughs> That's good. I think he's in a decent mood. I think the weekend uh, did him some, some love there, some help. All right, let's get right into it. Baseli's speech, how was it?
0: You like it? It was good.
1: I thought it was pretty good. It was good. It was, uh, it was yeah. a few minutes over, but it didn't feel crazy long. I thought I thought the Roy Butler speech was really awesome, too, because it was quick and uh, it was very poignant, and it was funny. It had some funny moments, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, uh, like, he just... He just let it go, but it. And I thought Tony's was really good in a different way, and so uh, I think that's a hard thing to do in whatever it is, seven to ten minutes. But uh, I think a lot of the folks did it. Now Dick Vermeil kept going and going and going, but uh, that's okay. He might have to fill time until three o'clock. You got it. Really sure, you can give that guy some deference, though. You you know the, the guy's been in the league for what seventy years, or had been in the league for such a long time. <laughs> you got to let him talk as long as he can talk. You've got to be able to do it. So Sounds overall, I like think the DP, the moment was big. I think the moment was um, emotional for a lot in Jacksonville, for a lot of big Jags fans. I think there was um, you know, even me, I, I think there was, I I, don't, I wouldn't say I shed a tear, but you could kind of feel that like wow, well, man, this is really big, right? On, like, yeah. You can feel this is a big deal, a big moment, and you never know really how uh, that's going to be. I remember having that feeling with Tony being elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame or not, really. This one was in Miami, and I really thought it was going to happen. And I started to get those kind of feelings like, wow, this is going to be a big moment right here because we were in the lobby. We were waiting for Tony. Uh, is Did he did he get the knock or did he yeah. get the phone call? We'd already done this for like four five four years. Yeah. And so I remember feeling those emotions like, wow, this is going to be it. And I think uh, now that you know, we knew it was happening. I think Saturday kind of had that moment like, wow, this is uh, as big as we kind of thought it was. And there's some people that argue it's it's a top three moment in franchise history. And I think that's probably debatable, but I think it's also, you can make the case that it is. And that's how big of a moment Saturday was. If you think about it now, just put it in that, that breath, top three moment in franchise history, or at least arguably, that's a big Saturday afternoon Kent, in Kenton, Ohio. Oh yeah. I am kinda curious if we had to make a top five list of Jaguars franchise moments, what are you putting in there besides possibly Tony at the uh at the at the podium for uh, Kenton
0: Drafting would, Trevor. Well you yeah, <laughs> well, can't yet, yeah, but you might,
1: right? After this season or next, you may go, man, that was like a real Corner uh, turning point. The unbeatable, and again, I wasn't here for it, but the unbeatable moment in Jags history is getting the franchise. Yeah, it's always going to top the list, like maybe a Super Bowl does. But getting the franchise, when they were such an underdog. So the story to get the franchise, to actually have a, a an NFL team in Jacksonville at that time, I don't think people who have been here just a short time realize how much of an underdog story that was. Like that was not supposed to happen. Yeah, and. The Jags got it, Wayne Weaver got it in company. And so that moment I think for anybody who's been here longer than twenty five years will say that is the moment. And I don't think it's debatable. I think that has to be the moment. And then I I believe like the ninety six season might in that playoff run might be like next. And then you have moments like ninety nine and two thousand seventeen, a Fred Taylor run, a retiring Dan Marino, like those kind of things. I just think it's whoever It just depends where it fits in your world, right, in your sports fandom. But, again, as a monumental moment in franchise history, I feel like because it's Tony, the first-ever draft pick, now the first-ever Hall of Famer, because of the the depth of how bad the Jags have been over the last 15 years, this even carries more significance and weight because this was a big moment. Of the last 15 years, this in the 2017 season – are the only times Jacksonville has really been looked at in a super positive light and took center stage on a national level. And that's what just happened the last week. So immediately it goes near the top of the list. But I think uh, you could argue top three, and it just depends on what you put it like, number two or three. I think one of the more underrated moments in franchise history, and I'm biased because I was there for the game. I was in the press box, was doing Jags radio, but uh, – Humble brag, humble brag. So I'm just saying, that's why I'm biased towards it. But I never really hear it talked about, much less the season that it happened and talked about. But certainly this play really, I think, encapsulated the fact that the Jags came out of nowhere to blow the roof off of people's expectations. Garrard's run against Pittsburgh. Yes. Was a big deal. A big deal. And nobody saw the season coming from the Jags or David Gerard at that point. And then certainly that run was huge. I think you're right. And again, those now you're getting down to plays, right? And, yeah. and significant moments where you're like, wow, and, and that happens. Um, but do you look at the compilation of a season, 99, you know, they were so good. I yeah. mean, you could make the case, best team in the league I just could not beat the Titans. And I actually think that's where like the curse started in a weird way. But 96 was so magical, right? And then you go to three AFC championship games, and so automatically those seasons get put on certain pedestals. But I think you're right. I mean, this is a moment. The moment you get the franchise, that is massive. The moment Tony Vaselli goes in the Hall of Fame, that is massive. And by the way, with all due respect to everybody else, the next people that go in the Hall of Fame representing the Jags in some capacity will not carry the same way because this was a first. Yeah, it was the first. And and was really eye-opening. And I think we're going to get others. I think we're going to get Tom Coughlin and Fred Taylor. And I think Calais Campbell, whose three-year run in Jacksonville was, will be monumental to him going to the Hall of Fame, I believe will happen someday. Uh, and Maybe down the road, Jalen Ramsey, maybe a Trevor Lawrence, maybe a whoever, right? All those things. But a lot of these organizations have had now multiple people go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I mean, the Raiders had a good contingent there because the Raiders have a national fan base. Mm-hmm. And so there was a lot of the silver and black. There were no Patriots. I saw like two Seymour shirts. Two. Love it. Like, that's it. Yeah. You know what Because boy. they're like, love it. I'm waiting until Gronk and Brady get in to go. Yeah. And they're going to have Gronk and Brady and Belichick. they have Kraft a few of those guys. And yeah. All those guys, right? Wolf and so they're waiting. Yeah. Big, Big And they're like, Richard Seymour, we love you, man, but we ain't going. Yeah. And there was nobody from there. So uh, again, uh, the Jags really did, as in Tony's words, dominate the weekend. Which was really kind of neat to see because you do have some traditionally strong franchises. fan bases and fran- oh, yeah. franchises that were there. Oh, yeah. They sold out of Buscelli's stuff like days ago. You and, love it. you know, Jacksonville doesn't necessarily have the reputation for traveling as a franchise Ouch. or a fan base. Yeah, Jacksonville gets hammered for everything. Yeah. You couldn't do it. It shined bright. Now, the performance on Thursday night wasn't wasn't great. But everything else was so good. I mean, it was a big – it was cool. It was a cool scene. Um in uh, and by the way, hats off to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I thought it was a fantastic week from a covering it standpoint. I, I would hope the fans think the same way that went. I think they enjoyed it. Uh, there's a lot to see, but it's not overdone. You don't. It's not like you're missing something. Yeah, like it's paced very nice, even from a media standpoint. And it's like memorable things that they do. Uh, it's a busy week for the enshrinees, of course. Uh, the only thing, I, I have two things that I thought could have been done a little bit better in in hindsight Uh and they do this all the time they just don't make the guys available but luckily jaguars pr and you probably saw me tweet this in the picture they made tony available and tony made himself available that's so awesome which was really cool but they don't do that like yeah, They don't have that on the itinerary, which I think is a, it'd be not, I mean, people are spending money to go and cover the event. You'd yeah. like to hear from, Sure. hey, how was it, for five minutes, And right? by the way, I'm sure, like, Tony's the kind of guy who's like, I'd love to say hi to these folks who traveled for me to come celebrate and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, and bring the message back to everybody that couldn't come. Yeah, like, think, that's our job. Like, yeah. that's what
0: we're trying to do. Do you think it helps that Tony's, like, in the media, for lack of a better term? Yeah, I
1: think, to- I think you could have had, I've thought about this countless times, you could have had a lot of different people go, and some people are nicer than other people. Right, that are athletes, and I think there are a lot of been like, yeah, whatever. Um, but it also is this: I've covered this before because I've covered Super Bowls and big moments, and in the big moment, people will do anything. Yeah. Right. So when you cover a Super Bowl, that guy will stay and and do interviews three hours later because he's so damn happy they just won the Super Bowl. in happiness. And, and yeah. You know, he'll talk to Brent. He'll talk to Aaron. He'll talk to even Casey. It, it doesn't matter. What? Even, even case. No, definitely even case Because so, no. you're going to be sitting there with a sharpie begging for a signature instead of asking <laughs> That's some That's not questions. how this works. <laughs> yeah, okay. But I, do, I think there was a little feel of that from Tony, too. It was like, yeah, man, i got plenty of time to do this. Like, he was enjoying the moment so, so much. Cool. So cool. So I think um, – and then the only other thing I thought of, and, again, logistically might not make sense because I just told you the Patriots had, like, two fans. Yeah. And the Jags had a lot. But I thought it would have been awesome if they actually, like – color-coded or team-oriented where you sat. Oh, to have sections, like, represented in teal or yeah, something. Yeah, because like they were That'd so be cool. sprinkled out. Like, yeah. I was, you know, I told you guys, the moment I was waiting for, I knew the Jags fans had a presence. Yeah. I knew they had probably the biggest, maybe the Raiders were right there with them just, again, because they're national base. But, like, I wanted to see the, like, the, the section – Erupt yeah. well, everything was so sprinkled out, and you could see. I mean, it wasn't sold out, but anyone. get to have that moment. Yeah. Uh, so, I tried to actually go up where there I saw two sections of Jags fans, and there were a lot of them in the area, and that's where I watched it from. Mm-hmm. And that's where you saw some of my video from if you follow on social media. But lots of video, uh, <laughs> lots of video. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, Brent but, had but, it all locked down and undercover, but, but you know missed a moment.
1: Mean? Like, I guess <laughs> they don't do that because hey, we're gonna put the Jags in section. 200, and we're going to put the Patriots in section 198, well, it would have looked like a full section and then two people. Yeah. You know, so I guess that's why they, they got to spread them out. And to yeah. be
0: honest, they were probably worried about that being the flip problem. They, they might. In the beginning. They once might the, all the tickets were getting bought, yeah, but yeah. like in the beginning, they were probably like, we can't do that.
1: It's the old New Orleans Saints uh, Superdome theory. They, they used to color the seats, so it didn't look empty every time they <laughs> were on national TV. Yeah. Well, well, by the way, that's like a real thing. Even like, you uh, know well, who does it better than anybody? Right now the stadium that, high, that does it that you can't tell if they're people or not.
0: Tropicana Field.
1: Even in the um, even be. in the pandemic, it w- it was like almost hard to tell. Is Daytona, Oh, the International Speedway. Yeah. Oh, the wow. way they had the colored seating.
0: And if mix no all the colors, It's not
1: one color. Yeah. It's like. And that's it's, what they do in New Orleans. And too, it's yeah. so far away, like the shot they take, it's really hard to tell yeah, yeah. if there are people in the oh, seats or not it And it's
0: NASCAR. I mean, you're trying to barely see the car on your screen for a half second, so I'm not really paying attention to the crowd.
1: Yeah. No, but when they do take the shots, I think the way they've, uh, the new look, Daytona National Speedway, I think does a great job of blending in those colors yeah. with people. And you don't know if it's like absolutely packed or there. Are, those are people dressed up as seats. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely go high with the drone whenever there's nobody in there. Uh, so anyway, that was uh, it was it was a heck of a week. We'll hear from Tony uh, throughout the day, week, and I know most people have heard from it, but uh, it was it was really good. It was good. I was wondering what it would be like. I never had covered it before. It was really good. And uh, congrats once again to Tony Bacelli and Leroy Butler, who I thought also was that made it good for us. You know, right, Casey to be able mentioned him. Casey asked if you thought it, uh, it it helped his availability that he's a media member. I think more importantly than that is the fact that he makes his home here. With his family and children, right? Like he cares yeah. about the community because and the fan base in that. Sense. Honestly, I don't really look at Tony as a media guy.
0: Yeah, but like he gets it. But he gets it. Yeah, like I more mean, he than calls the games.
1: But outside of that, like he, he calls he's the games on Westwood too, though. Enough. He yeah, you're it. right. Yeah, he does get it. It's fair point. He does get it. Um, so he handled it well. He handled it fantastic, uh, which was also great. Hey, um, I got a question for you guys because for the first time, I have flown. How many times have you guys flown? You think hundreds? Oh, hundreds? Like, really? Hundreds? You've flown that much? Yeah. That's a lot. lot. I would like to follow up with some averages there. I find it hard to believe you've been flying hundreds of times in your 20-something years. I have. Like, I have flown hundreds. I buy that. No doubt. But, but not
0: like... I, I was trying to think of it. You I, know I, mean, I Do go back and look at receipts, Probably bro. between
1: 100 and 200 times. I'm probably under 100 total.
0: I had a Sky Miles card with my name on it when I was six. Wow, what? Really? Yeah. Where, Where are your parents, parents taking? For racing
1: taking you? Yeah. I
0: used to go to Indiana a lot because I lived here, and my family was up there, so I used to go there for summer, and so I'd fly back and forth. The mascot Hall of Fame is there, too. <laughs> yeah. And to be that'll there. be the next flight I take. That's cool. Okay, so I
1: have flown, I'm going to say, closer to 200 times. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Mm-hmm. And something happened to me last night that I think has never happened. I don't remember happening. They lost our bags. Oh, no. North, well, they didn't lose them. They, they got the bags. just put in put shot. them somewhere else, yeah. And so we had switched gates in Baltimore and stuff. And by the way, our, we have not had trial trouble, so knock on wood. about they lost it on your way home? On the way home. All right. So uh, we had gone from Pittsburgh, because we drove to Pittsburgh to fly out, mm. which was a good way to do it. Pittsburgh to Baltimore and then to home. Where were well, you? Ohio? Yeah. yeah, but it's only like so it's it's, like two hours. It's like an hour and 45. Yeah. And it gave us some flexibility with Southwest. It was cheap, all the stuff. I, yeah. I got, I got a better story than that, Casey. Hold on. Let me hear this bread story. But so I, I've never had that happen. I have. And, and I was thinking, maybe I've had like one other time, or maybe it's a damaged one that I've been in that office before where you got to go like, yeah. yeah. Uh, they messed so, up your bags or something. Yeah. yeah and it, So we had like, I was in, it was fine, but I would imagine like we were having fun with the people in there and, and cause it was all four of us mm-hmm. on our crew. And well, they uh, lost everybody's bag. Well, it just didn't make it because they had switched gates. What about the equipment? Well, that is, some of it was oh. equipment, yeah. but it was okay. Like oh, it's okay. not a big deal. It came in this morning. Now we got to go pick it up, or Steph's picking it up. I think right now, okay. Us. But okay. uh way to go, Steph. Yeah. And, and by all the way, fame. you can have it delivered to your house, or you can go pick it up for a hundred and fifty dollar voucher. Oh, for that's Southwest. Cool. All right. Look at you making so, some money off the so deal. This is what I wanted to get. It all right. So I tell Weber, I'm like, hey, <laughs> I'll go get your <laughs> luggage. Yeah. And I'll give you 50 bucks. Oh, oh okay. Gonna, why are you cutting right? them in? You're cash. doing the work. I'll give you 50 bucks cash, out, but I get that. your $150 voucher. No, no, no. You should get the whole The whole point to the voucher is that you're doing the work they would pay someone else to do. So why does Weber get some of that Well, because he would go do it. Like, there's something in it for me, too. I get $150 credit. We fly Southwest quite a bit. Yeah. So I'm I'm still netting $100. I hate Southwest.
0: Hate what are you them? doing? Southwest hate is the I best. Love I hate their boarding. Southwest, oh, I love oh them. my gosh! Southwest the worst. is the you best are a bomb. by far. You're Here's, a bomb. here's what sucks about Ball Southwest.
1: You walk up to the gate. You got your flight ticket. You're ready to go. You're a man of means. And then they're like, "Yeah, just everyone get on when you feel
0: like it. Sit wherever. No. the sit wherever the hell you want. No rules, just right." Listen, Southwest is what I aspire the world to be—a world without classes. Okay, Yuck. everybody's equal on Southwest, Yuck. and you just do your thing. And you get on the plane and sit where you want. Man, give me the
1: class system. I'm,
0: I'm not. I'm not big enough, like Brent, to sit in first class yet. But uh, I've
1: never sat in first class. All right, Brent. Gotta you have to never put lying. on airs for the radio. He's tried Brent. this. Come he's on. tried
0: this before. I know he's a liar. I've <laughs> never sat in first class. This dude took a limo to Pittsburgh to fly home. He's talking about not sitting in first class. <laughs> yeah.
1: I've never sat. He's <laughs> never a liar. Sat in first class. You he's believe that?
0: No, you're a liar. I know you lie. Well, then let me ask if you this, I've Brent. done it.
1: You've done it. Let me I'm not lying. I've never done it. Casey's out here flying first class 200 times all over to Indiana. I didn't how say every How time. many times can you fly to Indiana, <laughs> How many, how many people fly first class to Indiana, really? <laughs> I'm the only one in there. You know first what I mean? First class ticket to Indiana costs $35. <laughs> Casey's all about it. I Top get 30. all 18 meals. It's crazy. <laughs> all right. So you think that's a, a, a tough thing to do, Casey. Canton, Ohio to Pittsburgh on the drive. How about your boy Coos, who's about to go on a bachelor weekend, right? He's going to Jackson Hole, Wyoming. He's getting married again? No, no, no. He's going with a friend. But oh. to come home, because they couldn't get a direct flight. They're driving five hours to Salt Lake City to fly back to Orlando to pick up their friend's car. Talk about a
0: nightmare. Wow. A nightmare trip. Listen, connecting builds character. I would just connect. That's Not what in I'm Houston. Saying. Anywhere but Houston bump houston i'm not a snobby yeah. flyer man i don't care we had
1: like a three-hour layover i don't care i just did work and as long as they whatever. have the hot towels for you you're fine <laughs> in the sky club <laughs> no actually like, so. weber's in like that sky club crap like he's a snobby flyer you know yeah, he and because he got some credit card and he, he uses it like he always asks like hey you want to go i was like nah i don't really care i'll just sit no, out here Weber's trying show. to do lunch in san francisco today it's like sorry man i got stuff so, to do. so who wins that like i go so if i go get the his bag and drop it off the house. I give him no, you $50 still come out on cash, top. and I get a $150 voucher. Like, that's a good deal for everyone, Especially right? if your wife is getting it. You don't even have to well, do the now, uh, Yeah, because well, what happened is Steph flew in last night, mm-hmm. and Kaylee's bag didn't show up. Oh, she's got to <laughs> so go, so go, go get Look it. So now she's got to go get it. Look at that. That's great. Hey,
0: think about all these vouchers yes, we're getting. you're voucher rich. You guys are going somewhere for free. <laughs> well, we did that. <laughs> it's Indiana, it's you, know Indiana. Class. you know what's funny? You hate Houston. I hate them. Right? You remember
1: that? Yeah. Well, guess what? When we flew back from the Houston Super Bowl, we got bumped twice. Now we took it, right? We got like $1,200 in vouchers, Sora and I. And we got home at like midnight.
0: Didn't matter. Nothing was better. Great. I don't know why that can't happen to me. Dude, I'm begging for that. That was the happen, only right. time it's ever happened. Now, we've been
1: offered, right? But usually, like, I can't
0: do it. I can't make it work. i can get back right? to work. Yeah. Well, this
1: one, we had flown out at, like, 6 in the morning. We're like, screw this. There is nothing better. Over $1,000 in vouchers. Oh, Dude, I night. remember we were in Calabasas for, like, a content conference. I go to the San Diego airport, and they were like, ooh, your flight got canceled. The next one out is in 10 hours. And I already checked, I'd already checked my bags. So they gave me like uh, like a two hundred dollar voucher, and it was Delta. It wasn't like some like you take Delta somewhat often, and I got to just go hang out in San Diego for the day. No timeline. They paid me two hundred bucks to do it. When I showed back up, I didn't have to check anything. It was all checked. It was great. It was so was, fantastic. Why can't that be that was me, great, bro? So yeah. fantastic. I like. I mean, listen. Even Southwest, they said, hey, we can drop it off at your house, or you can come pick it up for hundred and fifty bucks. I was like, that's I'll what take they did. It, when we
0: got our stuff lost, we me and my parents went to san francisco and came back and like everything was missing and they brought it to us that was cool and i think we got a voucher too but like literally
1: everything that's like a pretty good days. track record for me though right for the first time that's happened yeah hmm? for all Knock the clients, on wood yeah. now right i mean <laughs> client, 20 sure years somewhat regularly yeah yeah that's pretty good were you so. freaking out low-key no 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 because i was like okay what's in there
0: and there's some stuff i mean well, where, like, did you have the camera
1: i oh yeah the camera those guys carry on but like tripod and uh-huh. I have that, like, uh, big Pelican case with a lot of the radio equipment. <laughs> uh-huh. and So, like, we knew it wasn't lost. Who it pays just didn't that? get on, hmm. you know? Who pay- well, Southwest, this no, no, is why we love gets- you, Southwest, because you don't have to pay <laughs> for the bag.
0: No, I know that. If it gets Southwest. lost, oh. like, if the radio equipment is gone... Yeah, that's a that? good question. Southwest is paying they for it. They would pay. I think they would pay. How can you prove it's in there, though? That well, would be my argument if I'm Southwest. like, think, yeah, right. You had a couple of T-shirts. Yeah, I think <laughs> just the fact that they have the company coming after
1: them, they'll be like, all right, whatever, we'll just replace everything. It was funny. They ask you, like, uh, what color is your bag? I was like, Black. Is that the most popular family two days <laughs> like are here? Yes. But <laughs> you <know, I> mean, <laughs> no, we seriously, we were having fun with them because I was like, yeah, whatever, man. It's the first time it's happening. It's not like we have to be somewhere tomorrow with all this equipment. Yeah. And we've got equipment that we can go get Jags with. But you, you know how many people, like, they must get people all the time that are, like, just furious. Oh, yeah, I'm right? sure dozens a day. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. Well, uh, so it was fun. It was kind of a fun. Minorly inconvenient, but, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it, well, by the way, I mean, it's not like the airport's, like, two minutes away either. hmm that's no, why, well, no. That's why not, especially not to you. you. Yeah, You're way farther. Good 45-minute ride.
0: Yeah, yeah Must be tough living in St. John's County. It is. Yeah. Look at that. SJC Lorf. <laughs>
1: we'll be back. <laughs> we talk some football. Jags in a game week. Uh, what practice was like today. A couple of scares out there, by the way, from an injury standpoint. Uh, we'll do that when we come back on ESPN 690. been great. I think you're, you know, when you get new receivers especially, it takes a while to kind of figure out where everyone fits in, what, what people are good at, because we got a lot of great players, but they're all different. You know, they all do different things well, so, and that's great for us. So it's just kind of figuring that out, putting guys in the best spot, moving them around, seeing how they do this versus th- that, and, you know, moving them all over the place with our concepts you know, and working for them. I really feel like we're in a good spot where we're starting to figure out who we want on certain routes and the matchups and all that, and Zay had a great day. He's a really smart player. Um, gets open really well, uses his length. You know, he's got speed, all that. I, mean, he's, I think he's a great player, and it's been fun building that connection with him. That is Trevor Lawrence, of course. Hela! Zay Jones, by the way, you get excited about him, put him in your fantasy lineup if you watch practice today. You had a good day, huh? Good thing I didn't watch practice. <laughs> You might need him in your fantasy lineup based on practice today because Christian Kirk left limping. Oh, boy. Mm. It's kind of weird, too. We were were watching one-on-ones, and then we were walking down the other way, and the the receivers and corners and quarterbacks were doing stuff. I think he, like, caught a pass, and then just, boom, something rolled. They eventually called it a rolled ankle. And I think it's okay, but it looked bad right away. I was like, uh uh-oh. You know, he was kind of rolling around, grabbing it, didn't trust it to get up. And then all of a sudden, before you knew it, he was limping off, own power. And then even doing some of those explosive jumps, I was like, ah, he's got to be in pretty good shape there. But you never know. I mean, you just – you can do a lot of things and it feel okay, but you're not ready to play football. Yeah. You never went back in the lineup. so. Uh, but I think it's okay. But yeah, it they're probably, probably going to take care now. They'll probably take their time with him. They certainly don't want their number one out risking further injuring somebody you just tweaked. So. Yeah, I think – I think you have to be really careful. I will I'll tell you this. You know, you guys probably saw it. I'm, I'm sure everybody uh, has seen it that really follows the Jags. Yesterday was a very physical practice. We were still in Canton, so I, I wasn't at the practice. But, I mean, i talked to people today. They're like, I've never seen anything like it around here. Like, how physical it was. Like, wow. Does that uh, make you happy or nervous? Nervous. Yeah. Well, because I'm nervous. Listen, I, I, I give credit to Doug Peterson. He's not playing scared. Mm. Like, he really isn't. But I don't know if I think I'd be playing more scared based on... I mean, we saw it Thursday night. They don't have a lot of depth. So, like, at what point does Coach Martino turn up the intensity on the preseason? Well, like, today was a longer practice, too. You still do one-on-ones. Like, one-on-ones is an intense thing. Um, by the way, I do believe yesterday was just planned. It wasn't a reaction to how they look Thursday night. Yep, sure. I don't think he would do that. But I... I, I don't know, man. I don't... I think... Uh, <laughs> I think you can ramp it up. You have to ramp it up. You have to go live. Uh, Doug Peterson talks about this. He talked about it even in his book. Like, he used to do it in Philly. Like, you have to be physical in camp. It's a physical game. Mm-hmm. And so, I get it. I get it. But I'm sitting there holding my breath, I will say. I mean, the word I, yesterday was Travis Etienne got sent into next week. Yeah. You know, oh, by Andre Sisco. Like, yeah. I was like, holy cow, like the one thing that cannot happen (laughs) is is ETN get hurt like in August. Yeah, that'd be a shame. You know, but you got to play football. So, again, what I'm I'm saying here is I give credit to him because he's not playing scared. Yeah, he's he's not fearful of it, yeah. You know, but, oh, man, as we've seen a lot of bad things happen and bad luck things happen around here, it just is like, oh, Tyson Campbell Thursday night. ETN, you read about that. And then today, Kirk goes down, and by the way, this was not contact kind of stuff. Uh, Cam Robinson was stretching his back. He ended up coming back in. Uh, they lost a, a backup lineman to at least went off to the side. Devon Hamilton was in the tent. Like today was a little bit of a maybe the remnants of yesterday. Yeah. you I, co- know? I think a couple of teams are starting to experience this. Too. You're hearing a little more, a little more injuries starting to pile up around the league. And uh, I think as the intensity ratchets up, it's like an inevitability, right? At some point, you're going to have to start hitting and, you know, people get hurt.
0: It feels like, by the way, anytime someone gets hurt in training camp, it always feels like it's non-contact, like mm -hmm. just around the league. That's true. How weird would it – well, not weird. How bad would it be if, like, you get hurt with a – con? like, does that ever happen? I'm sure it does, just not the quarterbacks. Well, yeah, like if ETN gets hurt after getting rocked by Cisco, like, are we – who are we mad at? Cisco, yes. Like, that's just (laughs) – just something I hope doesn't happen. I mean, you're not mad at Travis. No, like, are we mad at Peterson? Are we mad at Cisco? Yes. Are we mad at the world? I think yes. you're probably
1: more mad at Peterson. Like, we're like if you looked at Twitter, right, Thursday night when Tyson Campbell, I think, eventually got a well, stinger. Yeah. Everybody was like, Peterson, what are we doing, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. It's a no yeah. win. We've talked about this last mm-hmm. week. It's a hard gig. How do you do it? If you've got to eventually do what you think is going to get your football team ready to be good. The problem with that sometimes comes you, – you throw yourself at risk yeah. with injuries sure. because you can't ask guys to slow up. You either play football or you don't. And Cisco is just playing football. And, by the way, Cisco looks pretty good. You know, he's been making plays, and that's a good sign and, and getting a lot of good reviews, much like Isaiah Jones. It's just – I just think the one thing that we saw outside of Trayvon Walker the other day was like, listen, we know this team from a depth standpoint is not as strong as everybody else. So injuries, like, you got to get lucky – and injuries are a big part of that. You've got to get lucky with injuries, certain spots. But you can't have many of them either because the Jags just don't have the depth to make up for it. So, uh, and selfishly, we want to see so many of these guys, right? Can't wait to see Kirk play in this offense. What does it look Please. like? We can't wait to see Travis Etienne play. Like, what does he look like? And uh, he's been so dynamic, it looks like, in camp. Mm-hmm. Does that translate to the regular season? We just want to get there and see that happen. And you know what? If you lose some guys during the course of the year because you're playing this violent game, like, I'm cool with that just feels, towards the goal. Yeah, it just feels different when you when you maybe lose some guys in the uh, in August. But I will say this: the Jags' best year since I've been here was what 2017. Yes. You know what they did in 2017? They hit. <laughs> it was the most physical camp that I can remember. It's also the was, best defense the teams ever had. Well, that's fine. But Tom Coughlin came in and said, "This is the way we're doing it." Doug Marone said, "This is the way we're doing it." We hit and hit. And you know what happened after that? Doug Marone let up. Yeah. The next year, Doug Marone let up. And so did the team, boy. They and, let up and, a lot and of it points. Didn't, it <laughs> they didn't. They also lost a bunch of key players in <laughs> well, that off the season. next year. Okay, fine. Right? You're but right. But now, but listen. In seventeen guys to go back and, and revisit this, there were people like Mercedes Lewis and others about to throw a mutiny in that locker room for how they were doing. Of how camp. physical it was, yeah. Like, they hadn't seen it. And, and now, listen, Mercedes has been in the league for a while. He's a physical player anyway. Team leader. And I'll even say, we, we have an interview with the Lewickin, uh, Foyer Lewican, and I asked him, I was like, hey, man, you like that physical? You like being able to do that camp? He said, yeah I love tackling. There's also 17 games <laughs> and hopefully <laughs> yeah. plus. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, that's a veteran guy yeah. saying, I listen, you've got to her. You yeah. be a little bit careful because we play 17 of these things yeah. for real, and our bodies are going to be hurting. And Doug knows that, right? Mm-hmm. I actually asked Doug today, I said, this is an interesting way you're doing it because the media has actually more off time this camp than I can remember. And what does that mean? Well, it doesn't mean the Jags are taking it off, but sometimes the media, there might not be any media availability. So i give you an example. So Thursday, they play a game. Friday is an off day because usually after you play, it's an off day. Saturday is, uh, was a walkthrough for them, but it was off for the media. Like, they weren't available. So they're basically just walking through some conditioning, getting back into the flow, and then what do they do on Sunday? Boom. Yeah. Like, they they do right it. Was, I mean, the most intense practice we've seen around here in a while. And then a long practice today, and now you start to tamper back down to get ready for the game. Mm. Well, the same thing will happen. Friday they'll play. Saturday will be an off day, a recovery day for some of those guys. Sunday it won't be open to the media. They'll do the same type of thing, conditioning, flush it out. And then Monday you're going to get Sunday's practice. So the practice to be at for the media, (laughs) I know the fans unfortunately can't right now, but we can tell you about it, will be next Monday because I think we're going to see what we saw yesterday. Yeah and then build it right back up. And there. I did. I talked to uh, Doug, I just asked him quick. I was like, is that something you've done a lot is ramp it back up like that um, and and not just get right on the practice field? And he said, yeah, this is kind of new. He said he didn't do that as well. But he's he's kind of trying to mimic the season where that Monday-Tuesday is a blend of recovery, condition back, get the blood flowing again, and then into an off day. Mm-hmm. And so he's trying to kind of combine the two on that, like – uh, what would have been Saturday, and next week it will be Sunday. So it's just an interesting philosophical thing that I think's kind of fascinating, and all of it's to try to get these guys in the best shape, ready for the season, but also stay healthy. And as prepared as possible. It is interesting to see how different coaches do it, whether it be philosophically or actually physically with the schedules, when they want the hitting, when they want the conditioning, when it's <laughs> ratcheting up in intensity, and when they start to ratchet it down. All of that is fascinating.
0: they getting ready for Deshaun.
1: Pop him. Yeah, I hate to say um, I don't like this topic a lot, but it did today kind of brought it up in my mind, if I'm being honest. And it's like, who can't they afford to lose? Because, like, right now you've got, like, Devin Lloyd, who's on the side. We haven't seen him. And, but he's a big part of what this is supposed to be. Uh, you look at defensively, like, you know, let's be honest. If they, I thought about this the other night. If they lost Tyson Campbell for a couple of games, well, they could slide Darius Williams into that spot. He's, he's a good player. He's played in the league. He's got experience there. And Trey Herndon, by the way, is having himself a heck of a camp. Uh, Ellis, I don't want Trey, Tyson Campbell hurt. I, I think they're are him. We're just talking just about where the, where the leagues are. They can yeah. move people around and still feel okay about that spot. They lose Cisco. They lose Jenkins. Even in that 2nd you're like, uh-oh, what do we got? There's not a lot of depth. These linebackers are interesting. Like, do they have anybody that could play a foyer a But They are so invested in him. At the middle linebacker, he's going to be the quarterback of that defense. He's a tackling machine. They have nobody else that can fill his void. Even though they did get Muma, you know, and Lloyd, yeah, they, they, they definitely built bodies. up. They built up the linebacker core. But to your point, but they're not ready to have that depth. Yeah, yeah, they're not ready to play like that. You know. And then, obviously, you got you can't lose your studs. You know, you, you can't lose Josh Allen. You hopefully can't lose a Trayvon Walker. But, but Kirk at least was interesting do- today. Like, Kirk's supposed to be their number one guy. And all of a sudden, you start thinking, whoa, that guy just went down. Or what would they do? What happened last year? They lost D.J. Chark. It just wasn't the same. Was, no. uh, their offense wasn't dynamic. But of they course, it was on the heels of losing ETN. And, and they didn't, right. They didn't have ETN. They didn't have a pass catcher and a guy like Evan Ingram <laughs> at the tight end spot. So, you, you hope when the injuries come, there are options here for Trevor this year. But back to your linebacker point, obviously, you know, replacing a Lewick is, is tough no matter what, whether you got depth or not, because he's so good, but on the edge, at least you have a little bit of depth there. Granted, yeah. Allen is a stud, and yeah. you want Walker to be a stud, but Arden you know, Key and chase on you got and some smooth, guys who and... can slide in. Yeah, to your point about middle linebacker, that's a tough one. I
0: also want to respectfully disagree with you. Like, you have bodies at corner, that's fine, mm-hmm. but Tyson Campbell's better than those guys. He is. Like, he's a stud, uh, so like I've said... Like, I know they have... Ve- they That's one of the few positions they have some depth... Yeah, but like they can't afford that guy to get hurt. In my opinion, like Trey Herndon, he's having a great camp. He's been here great, but like we know what Trey Herndon is. But there are some Casey, that like you 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 have no choice. Like if you lose
1: Ingram, let's just say you lose Ingram, your the dynamic of your tight end room changes so much. And I love Dan Arnold, but having both of those guys Mm -hmm. and then having the other guys as blockers, that's like a again, that's it it changes the whole game plan. Every team probably has these spots. Like I get it, but the Jags are void of like. The, the proven depth to the point in some areas Agreed. where if they were to lose. Now, listen, last year, if what happened to the Jacksonville Jaguars from an injury standpoint happened to any team, they were going to suffer. The Jags, in the grand scheme of it, by the end of the year, they lost both their starting running backs, and they lost their number one wide receiver, even if you didn't think he was a number one, I mean, DJ Chark. So just offensively, from that standpoint alone, I don't care who you are. Like if if you take the top two backs on any team and their number one wide receiver, you got issues. You you're gonna probably feel it. Now listen, Josh can overcome it. Too. The Rams could probably overcome it. Yeah, you lost uh, Oh and Dan Arnold. Arnold. Yeah, on. you're right. So that's a lot. Like think think about that from a KC standpoint. That would have been losing like Tyreek Hill, Kelsey. And I think they did lose their backs, actually, for a little bit. last Yeah, year. yeah but the time. they always but
0: have guys to go in. Well, like, that's fine. They weren't running what the Jags were running. They had Jarek McKinnon to fill in. Well, yeah. they have depth, yeah. Yeah.
1: And so that's – but they would be hampered. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's a- not a- the same offense without those guys. Every guys. team would be hampered. The Jags just – their problem was it looked like they couldn't function very yeah. well because they had built so much around ETN. And I don't think that's the case this year, though. I don't think there's one guy they've built everything around. I mean, outside of Trevor. Mm-hmm. So Which is nice. That's nice because, again, last year it did feel like everything was going to be built around ETN mm-hmm. and how it worked and moved and was different and the speed of it. I don't think that's the case this year to the point you brought up. Like, listen, if Kirk did go down for a few days, you'd still have Ingram, Zay Jones, Marvin Jones, Elisca Chenault, you hope, yeah. ETN, like you, Dan Arnold, you have
0: options. You have options. You You're taking offensive line out of this conversation, right? That's true. Like, if Cam Robinson were to get hurt, I'd... That's like, a big you deal. You have bodies, sure, but, like, I'm... I'm all the way Another down. Another one,
1: too, though. Casey, like, not too many people have six, seven, eight guys on their offensive line. Yeah, but do, they have, but do they have five at this point? Yeah, the Jags do. They have five. I actually think the Jags feel pretty decent about their depth. Even I mean, Jawan with the other tiny injuries. Oh, Richardson didn't look that good today. Like, he's played games. Walk a little, you can slide in different spots. Like, if, let's just say Cam got hurt, you could put walk a little left and Jawan Taylor at right, and you feel adequate. Sure, as long as everyone's yeah. healthy. But I mean, once you, you get two guys down, and you're playing with a rookie at center, yeah. I think it might a feel like a little he bit might
0: difficult. not get killed. But yeah. I'd still be a bit terrified. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> and not that's the nature. By the way, I guess that's kind of the story on here. Every time. that's the
1: nature of the Jags roster. There yeah. are spots that if you lose, you could be terrified. Yeah. And Doug Peterson might feel the same way, just won't say it in front of the microphone. <laughs> we'll be back. <laughs> Action sports Jackson ESPN
0: 690. <laughs> we're disappointed that you're bringing this up now in August. There's a time and place to handle business, and that's way earlier in the uh, off season. So I would just say let's move forward together. We
1: have a lot of things we're dealing with, with Deshaun Watson, and we just need the best version of you for us to have the best season possible because you have a ton of ability. As Mike Tannenbaum. Yep. I always know Mike Tannenbaum, friend of the program. You know who he's talking about? I really wasn't listening. Kareem Hunt. Oh, Kareem Hunt. Who asked for a trade, yeah. Kareem
0: asked for a trade.
1: Yeah. Said we can only
0: have one person on this team that disrespects women. Oh. Oh.
1: Come on, man. Mm. That's rough. Mm. That's uh, a tough go in Cleveland. I wonder if that actually did get – I'm sure it got pulled into that story a little bit up in Cleveland. I kind of forgot about the incident with Kareem Hunt. Of course it got – Yeah. Of course. Um, I mean, I don't think anyone in Cleveland's talking about it, but, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Brent Morton, Casey Kurtz, Aaron Schachter. I love Delphonic, by the way. Do you see he's got me in first class? Yes. man. He's the best. <laughs> he's the best. <laughs> and he's also claiming the Santoso Stunner is going to be in Canton one day. I love it. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm on the bandwagon. I really, I, you guys got me thinking now. Like, I seriously have not been in first class, and I want to go. And... I was actually just thinking of this. I was at the airport. How much is it to fly like private? Let's just say you know, like that net jets yeah, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Like if I called them or I look online, and I I've it's never just like done five to ten k, but it probably depends on where you're flying. Yeah. Is it depends. that much? I bet because the just the fuel prices alone. When we well, I won't say whose name it is, but uh, when we'd have to fly down one of these big talking heads for one of the other stations, yeah, uh, he would always insist on doing the private jet. Really? And he would always make us pay for the gas, and it was always. A flat $5,000 fee. Interesting.
0: It depends. Yeah. It also depends on like, the flight time, how far you have to go. I bet, yeah.
1: I, I'm going to look into it. Uh, here's why I was thinking of it because Steph's parents are going to celebrate their 50th wedding it's anniversary a big one. in October. Where are they going? But they're doing it Florida, Georgia weekend. Oh, I think. So, so you need some quick travel. Or that it would be Florida, Georgia weekend. You need, like, the bullet so, like, train just, or something. What if we, like, just tried to pop up there for, like, <laughs> four hours and be like, congratulations. Like, yeah. 50 years is awesome, you know? I'm sure Sean's got a fleet. Ask him for oh, a favor. Yeah. <laughs> That's the other shot. thing. I was like, hey, I'll cure. Furyk always talks about those uh, net jets <laughs> or whatever one of them. I forget. How, what are the other ones?
0: Is it NetJets? Is that the Net one? NetJets is the massive, like the golf one, yeah. Yeah, maybe the, we
1: can get them on here since I just said their names fourteen times. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they're. Uh, yeah, one okay. flight from NetJets, please. FlexJet is another. Uh, I, I, actually, I need a round trip. <laughs> <laughs> Not staying, but <laughs> I got to get back for Florida Georgia game and high school football. So we'll try to mix it in. Uh, hey, you got the uh, AP Top Twenty or the I, USA Today Top 25? It's uh, USA Today coaches po- preseason coaches. I poll. give it to us real quick. Give me the top like. I give me the top five first, but then I'll ask you six through ten. All right, so coming in and in the preseason number five spot is Notre Dame. Well, it's impressive with All the right. coaching change. Number four, you got Clemson. Stupid. No surprise. Number three, Georgia. Also stupid. Lost a lot of guys on that team. You think they're coming back heavy, though, huh? Yeah, but they and, recruit. like
0: They're the only team that can win the natty and then get disrespected at third.
1: They really did get disrespected. That, this that's right. So stupid.
0: They got Ohio State at number two. Again.
1: Probably on the strength of their quarterback's arm. And, of course, who you would expect to see up there, Alabama, number one. They got 55 out of the 60 votes, I think. Just a default button. It really is. But, you know, they go out there and earn it most of yours. 54 uh, out of the 60. So, Ohio State... I mean, listen, you got Bryce Young. You got C.J. Stroud. I mean, mm-hmm. you've got Georgia's Georgia, but it's still Bennett. And I think if they made... Bennett, if, he if, they made if, they, if he were to graduate, I think they might be even higher. <laughs> even though he just won a national title. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Like, he gets disrespected. He just does. And... Clemson's Clemson, although I I would argue
0: that makes no sense to me, bro. Clemson, Clemson is
1: Clemson has been Clemson, but I, I would think they're on the a more of a downturn right now than they are like normal. A couple of Notre other program's, programs impressive now. What Notre Dame's pretty good because I think next year and the year after, right now they currently have like the number one recruiting class. In 23 and 24 after Brian Kelly left. So Freeman's doing a hell of a job. Well, where's A&M slot in there? Because I know they had a huge offseason this All right, so season. Yes. Oh, and the recruiting, they were number one this past year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, six through 10, what do you got? Uh, six is Michigan, which was kind of surprising hmm. to me. But uh, A&M slots in there at seven with Utah, Oklahoma, and then Baylor rounding out the top ten. Oklahoma?
0: Yeah, Utah, Oklahoma. Oklahoma coming in at nine. Aaron, I mean this honestly. Is this the right list? The full USA Today coaches poll first place votes. Two thousand twenty-one today. <laughs> this came
1: out three hours ago.
0: Then what are okay? Then seriously, what are we like? Why is Oklahoma and Michigan getting those votes? That that well, is Oklahoma brutal. is Oklahoma, man. I mean, what do you mean their whole team transferred out and their coach left? So here's what I was going to ask you guys. All right, Clemson years like
1: what? What has it now been about a six year run, seven year run? Besides that last they, year, that they kind of jumped in this fray. Yeah, of the always. It's Alabama, it's Ohio State. It mm-hmm. was kind of the Oklahomans, It goes but back to Clemson. Is there anything in between Watson and, and, and Lawrence and no. Clemson? Not really. There right? were
0: six games of Kelly Bryant. Or four games of yeah. Kelly Bryant. So so anyway, they, they get in the it was
1: traditionally Alabama and Ohio State and, and again the Oklahomas of the world. They jump in. Notre Dame under Brian Kelly has really jumped in the mix. Yeah. So who's the team that has been on the out that's gonna jump in? And this is probably a simple answer. Casey.
0: I I'm not fully sure what you're asking me. A team that like has been is down going recently. to be
1: when you look up the next five years, they're gonna be preseason top five every year. I got one USC. for you. I was USC. gonna say USC. Yeah. Coming in at number fifteen on this one. Is poll, that where they are 15, fifteen for now? Yeah. But USC will be that team. They'll be like the Clemson. they will be more like Notre Dame, where Notre Dame was great. They took like two decades off and now <laughs> they've been back in it. Yeah. USC is gonna be that. Probably under Lincoln Riley, even though I'm rooting against him. Don't I mean, sleep on
0: Miami either, by the way. This, top 20 in the bowl. This list makes no sense. Like, I don't I don't get what you're voting for in some of these scenarios. Returning quarterback, I get it. New coach and no returning quarterback. Top 10. What are you doing?
1: Yeah, preseason polls are goofy, I guess. But, <laughs> uh, but they, you go by the old the standard guys, like the default buttons. And USC is not a
0: default top
1: 10. Isn't that crazy? Not anymore, yeah. You know, but they will be soon enough under Lincoln Riley, most likely.
0: I'd vote uh, for USC this year before Oklahoma in terms of a top 10 scenario. Yeah, there
1: could be a huge swap there. We'll see how Venerables does. Um, I forgot about that. We'll, uh, we'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Four o'clock hour on the way.
0: America, we are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness.